I would want my funeral to be a roast, I think. <laughs> really? I think that would be fun. As long mm. as like I can be there. Because I don't think I'd want to get roasted in person while I'm alive. In person, but yeah. But I would want to know what people think of me. So like as a ghost, I would be fine with it. <laughs> and Ruta is so short. And Ruta is so short that her casket is a bunch of two by fours. That, see, that's not a roast because that would probably just be accurate. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, I'm just like the contractor. Like, <laughs> like, like speaking. <laughs> Remember that record that you bought me like two years ago? Well, I just remembered that it's sitting in the closet. So I called you up just to tell you I've been meaning to listen to that. I've been meaning to listen to that. Why don't you come over and talk about it? Hey everybody, welcome to I've Been Meaning to Listen to That, the podcast where we go through albums we've been meaning to listen to and use it as a content to learn about each other and our guests. I'm Andrew Ambrose Lee. I'm Michael Mentato. And I'm Harper Thompson. And uh, yeah, Stanley's going to be here, but he's running a little late. He's just like... Uh, he got stuck in some uh, maple syrup and then a hockey yeah. player <laughs> hit him with a hockey stick or whatever. Um, but yeah, like uh, he'll be here. Hopefully he'll be here in a little bit. But uh, in the meantime, let's introduce our guest. Uh She's an improviser, a writer, a stand-up comedian, and my friend from high school that we reconnected and like we talked to each other on the phone and in person, not in person, but on the phone. But I guess we're in person in that we're speaking to each other like as people, as human beings, man. It's a really yellow chili, everybody. Thank you for having me. How was that as an intro? Uh that was great. <laughs> that was great. I think I would hope that we are normally talking to each other as human beings, but mm -hmm. you never know. In this day of AI, you never know. Let's just get straight into it. Let's get straight into uh, the Mitski discussion. Uh, let's talk a little bit about her and her deal. Amruta, like, what is your history, and uh, do you have any preconceived notions on, on Mitski at all? I had a lot of friends who recommended me to her and I just, you know, it never happened until I was like in a very dark place in my life and happened upon her on a playlist and just totally fell in love. That was like December 2021. And yeah, since then she's been on constant repeat for me. Although it was mostly her like later two albums, um, Be the Cowboy and Laurel Hell, that I mostly listened to. I did know a few of the like more famous older songs, but I was really excited to deep it, dive into her um, like older stuff. Do you remember what the Mitski song that was on the playlist was that brought you in? I think it was Pink in the Night. Oh, okay. Wow, that's, that's a good song. And then the next one I listened to her what listened to by her was nobody and nobody just, like, is those nobody was my interest just, like, yeah great intro to mm -hmm. her. i think nobody is very good maybe her best except you guys know what i think is really her best song bounce by bounce. Iggy Azalea. <laughs> 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 i love um, that mitsuki song yeah, let, let... <laughs> 
Yeah, like, um, but yeah, like, uh, what about you, Harper? What's your what's your preconceived notions? Your Mitsuri as, as such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my Mitsuri. <laughs> um, she's uh one of the girls, you know. So like, boy genius, tiny ruins, or like Gartland, like Liza Ann. All of those are uh, you know, my girls. Um, and yeah, so I have a whole playlist called Our Girls, which is like very long at this point. Definitely has some of all of those artists um and i think of mitsuki as being part of that genre um but i've never really listened to these two albums that we're talking about today i've never really really listened to them all the way through i know i knew a lot of the songs from them but i've never you know really sat down and focused and listened to them like this before so that was um yeah this was this was interesting um yeah but i i'm ready to same deal like um, be the cowboy and laurel hell were bigger for me harper my friends and i have a playlist that's kind of analogous to your the girls it's called depressing songs to make out to i love mm. that where <laughs> yeah it just it's mostly is it fun it's, it's like it's great i love it's it it's great okay okay that's good yeah you gotta shoot <laughs> like, me the as, long as, it's there, as long as it's like uh you know a good time because like Mitsuki's like People like um, tell her like, yeah, I have sex to your songs. And she's like, are you OK? Like, is this good for you? And stuff like that. But yeah, what about you, Michael? Like you have an obscene take <laughs> or like at least presented in the text. I'm just stuff like that. You, her music is a little boring to me. I'm sorry. I uh, it's uh, she makes choices with her artistry that I find uh, unseemly and like difficult to palette. At times, uh, I like some of her music a lot. I, I like Love Me More and I like Nobody. Um, those are probably like the only two songs I really like by her. Uh, those Nobody was one of the first songs I ever heard from her. Um, and I kind of got like tricked. I know we've talked about like artists that trick you previously, you know, where it's like, I thought this was going to be something else. But uh, all, a lot of her music is just very uh, meandering uh, and like, what if I'm sad, which I'm I'm good on that, you know, I'm kind of good on that. <laughs> but my history with Mitski being uh, Be the Cowboy, I really wanted to want to like it, uh, but I really just uh, continued to listen to Nobody and then nothing else. And then... Off of Laurel Hell, I continue to listen to Love Me More and nothing else. Also, I realize this is an extremely hot take, and I am not trying to be like yeah. purveyor <laughs> yeah. of hot takes at the moment. But I, uh, in the middle of AAPI month, and just like the, to conclude, <laughs> the okay, I, it's not that she's Asian that she's boring. It's the, <laughs> <laughs> regard- WOC snooze button. <laughs> just like- Tell us how you really feel, Michael. Uh, yeah, it's not, it is not born of racism. It is born of yeah, okay, uh, yeah audio hitting yeah. my ears in a way I do not enjoy. Also, did you know Puberty 2 won an award uh, the year it was released, 2016, for ugliest album art cover of all time? Oh, no. It's, I think that's intentional. It's I so think, bad. No. Even intentional. First of all, no. <laughs> like, I hate it. <laughs> I hate the Puberty 2 album cover. That's how you feel when you're like a young adult and you're, you don't know well, you what's going like on. you feel like overlapping grass. text onto a bad picture. Yes. <laughs> like, okay, it's Deadly Stare. So like, let's let him in. Um, Senly, what do you think of the album cover for Puberty 2? Love it. No. 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All okay, right, so I gotta Stanley's go. here. Stanley just dropped Hi, in. Everybody, <laughs> the St- Stanley's here. Um, we're just like uh, we're in in process of the episode already. So like, where are you with where? Where did you hear Mitski? Where did you like get into her and stuff? Sorry to like just like shove you. It's, it's going to so, really like, shock our audience. You know, I I always kind of lead with this is is that I I discovered Mitski like literally uh, three days ago. When I when I came back from Portland and Andrew was like, "Hey man, like, you want to hop on this episode?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course I do." So I uh, recently discovered, and I have thoughts, and I don't want to share them yet, but I have thoughts. Did he even like hear of her? Like, did he even like not see her all. around like, and stuff like, like that on like a poster all. or yeah, whatever? Yeah, wow. wow. Okay, you you didn't even see the "Be the Cowboy" okay. cover. I feel like that's like pervasive. Like culture has taken that "Be the Cowboy" cover, and I've seen that everywhere. No, I I was on, I was on vacation from culture that day. So, what do you wait? What do you think of like um uh, Michael? What do you think of the Beat a Cowboy? Love cover? it. Do you think that's I good? love it, and I love oh, the uh, Laurel Hell album cover. I think both of those are so interesting to look at and unique and uh, express some like express an emotion to me. That's not I learned how to use Photoshop for two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> So like um yeah like lush and uh, retired from sad new career in business were were the college projects okay. she made in conservatory she went to like music school and then we're d- today we're going to be talking about like the post grad like starving artist era of her a little bit and like they're thirty minutes long they're super um dense and stuff like that so generally my preconceived notions of her was I heard like I heard nobody like everyone else. Um, and I just loved that song and I listened to Be the Cowboy and it was like Michael's kind of the thing of just like, I wanted to like, cause it's like such a, you know, she's of the moment, she was of the moment and she was like, uh, people were like very obsessed and like loved her artistry and stuff. Um, but there was an element of like, I don't quite get this. Like the other songs aren't hitting as hard as the, you know, and I saw her like perform two times. I watched the Be the Cowboy tour in New York. Um, some lady fainted in the middle of the show and then she was like can we get someone to help her out and then and then the audience was like yeah <laughs> just like, it was like such a like such a weird experience and like did, such a like did, very intense fans were the fans did yeah. they all have like lassos and like spurs and stuff they, a lot of people were wearing in like cowboy okay. stuff and like you know like a lot of like um doc martens and stuff like that that and stuff and um it was like, and then I saw her again perform at Pitchfork, um, the music festival in Chicago. And, uh, but, but by that time, I was like, I was there the entire day and I was so exhausted. I couldn't quite enjoy the show. So that's really it. And then, yeah, I, I, so I just like really, I always loved, I loved the uh, song, Your American Girl, Your Best American Girl. Like that song to me felt like, what it was like to be Asian American, but I couldn't quite articulate why. Um, so like, I just really wanted to use this opportunity to first of all, just see what she's about, like even further. Cause I'm always so busy. I'm always like doing other stuff that I can't always just like sit down and consume an album unless it's for this. Like, unless it's like, I treat it like my job. I treat it like my, you know, my passion thing. And then, yeah, so that's, that's where I'm at. Um, so let's, let's just get straight into it. Let's talk about Bury Me at Make Out Creek. Like, what do you think are some themes of this record? Violent love. Mm -hmm. That's how I would sum it up. She makes love not sound very fun. No. (laughs) Yeah. 
It's kind of that feeling of like you would rather be in pain than feel nothing, which that's that's the overall thing I get. I 100% agree. I also think there's like a lot of like uh kind of darkness to rebirth in a lot of her songs like she talks a lot about like a renewal is kind of the word i'm thinking of here is like there's a lot of what is ending here what can come out of that uh covered in both of these albums quite a bit i mean that's even seen in the title of puberty too like it's like you know this is an exploration of like a second awakening kind of so like what would you say is an example of that like what do you mean by that Mm. Even like uh, I I bet on losing dogs, right? Like thinking about, hey, this is where I've historically like put my eggs in this basket, right? Like I've historically done this and I'm trying to revisit it and do something new with it instead. Yeah, I, I agree with that a lot. Like I felt like the, the album as a whole was a hard listening experience because it's like like there was I, I wrote the word beautiful a few times and then every time there was beauty and, and she was allowed to kind of do her thing then there was this like uh, in insistence on creating chaos and uncomfortableness in sound and i thought like the the album opener like i literally wrote like as i was listening I'm like wow beautiful vocals great table setter until that guitar riff kicks in and it felt like like i was in this awesome dream and then it's like oh no this shit's a nightmare yeah. <laughs> and the nightmare starts now you know like it's just and i and i found it really hard to digest at first so yeah very, very kind of all over the place. I feel that way with a lot of her songs where she has like this, the stuff where she has like the softest vocals. She'll have like a freaking heavy electric guitar in the background and it's hard to make mm-hmm. sense of it sometimes. That's maybe the number one thing I dislike about her music. Uh, also, I think I get that it's contrasting, right? But it's difficult to listen to in a unpleasant yeah. way yeah. <laughs> guess someone's not unwell enough <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm just a mentally healthy amazing person who loves to listen to pop music yeah like it's like it was actually like really funny to like um while we were like prepping for this episode, you just kept texting like the group there, like I love Bounce by Azalea, which is like, <laughs> like okay, it, it, I literally have been in such a mood for like more even than usual to listen yeah, to like yeah, of course pop music. Like it's the summer, mm-hmm. I'm just like feeling good, Billion and percent. so I, when I'm like. I'll wake up and I'll take a shower and I'll be like, bounce, make it bounce, shake it, break it, make it bounce. And I'm like, I'll listen to something like three times in a row. And then and then I'm like, okay, time to work. I should also listen to the podcast, the albums we're going to record. And it's like, uh, and I hate it. And it makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I think like, and also like, it's just the way we consume music differently is like me and you is when you're sad, you want to listen to something kind of like uplifting a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I don't like to wallow. Yeah. Where I think for me, sometimes I need to like have my feelings validated, have someone else like know, like word what I'm feeling in a way so that I could like move through and like the rest of my day and stuff like that. Well, a lot of times I'm, I feel like, you know, levitating. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. uh, shaking it breaking it making it bounce you know those are some feelings i have a lot of times especially when i'm sad unlocking it yeah yeah. Yeah, propane 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 yeah Yeah. (laughs) propane (laughs) um so um 
Harper, what's what are your thoughts on the themes of this? Yeah, I feel like Bury Me at Makeout Creek specifically has really big like uh, Meredith Grey, Bella Swan energy. You know, there's like Ooh. a kind of like a recklessness with life um, that in this album in particular, I feel like it's related to love. Like I'm really like you were saying, like a kind of violent love but I think it's like a a recklessness right like you know I want a love that falls as fast as a body falling from the balcony is like you know just fully falling and letting yourself uh be in it but in a way that's probably gonna be bad for you um you know and I am also in the middle of a full Grey's Anatomy (laughs) watch which is why I'm thinking about (laughs) Meredith Grey um but, you know, but they're both like kind of like reckless, almost to the point of being suicidal, like just short of it. And uh, until and I, you get to the very end when the suicidal is overt. <laughs> in Grace? <laughs> no, no. In uh, in the album. Oh, in the album. <laughs> I was like, no, Meredith. <laughs> George Clooney's character is like, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> He's like. <laughs> George Clooney was ER. That's an ER. ER. Oh. Little, You're close. Yeah, no, he crossed too. over. He crossed over. He was like. <laughs> like, spo- sorry to spoil the show, but like, oh man, you really like, I need to do a I cameo with the competition show. <laughs> like, um, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, you know, my heart, like, uh, she says, please hurry, leave me, I can't breathe. Like, she's so fully feeling everything deeply in a really bad way. Yeah, and I, and, and I think, like, that musically, like, what you're saying is exactly it, Harvard, because there's a recklessness to her musical choices, and it's almost like, like, I feel like. There's an amazing album there. Maybe just rearranged a little. But, she, but she's just. There is an amazing album there. And, and no, over. no, there's a huge <laughs> but. But it's like, it's like if if she allowed that amazingness to actually sustain itself throughout the album, I feel like there would have been like a really great project. But she just is so reckless that she's like, you know what? Like, there's a track that. Uh, sorry, I, I made notes this time around because I'm such a good podcaster. Um, so yeah, Drunk Walk Home, where I love how it started. I love the primal screams at the end of it. Like it just feels so raw. Mm-hmm. But then like at the middle in the middle, there's this guitar riff that happens. And I'm just kind of like, why? Like, why are you just bringing noise? And not noise that's primal, just noise for noise sake. It's kind of like when I talk a lot, like it's just noise for noise sake. But but you know, like like it just felt so, ah, <laughs> oh, you almost had me and then you lost me. And it, it was just like constant. I felt sure. so boomer in my thoughts at some points where the way I can describe some of the music is noise, like how oh, whatever yeah. that generation <laughs> described rock and roll, they were like, this is just noise. And I'm like, oh, did I just think that about Mitski? Oh, no. <laughs> the millennial for, queen or whatever. Yeah. For some of it, it's just like it feels accurate that it's noise. And like, sure. that. I think that's a like – for some people, it makes sense that it's just it's noise. Yeah. It's how yeah. they feel. And then for me, when I'm just like listening to it, walking my dog, I'm like, Ugh, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know. To me, it makes sense. Like to me, it just like I like to hear that choice, and I'm like, yep, that's the only choice you could have made right there. Like I like so my themes. I've like two like um, I have this long thing. Like um, so. First of all, you kind of get what this album's about by just looking at the track list. So like, and the title of the album, like Bury Me at Makeout Creek is a Simpsons reference where 
uh, the episode, like Bart becomes like a spiritual healer and heals Millhouse of his bad vision. And then Millhouse gets hit by a truck and he's like, bury me at Makeout Creek. And then like it's like really funny and melodramatic and stuff like that. The dramatic irony of whatever, just like. And then like the first track is called Texas Reznikov, where Reznikov is like this Russian Jewish like poet who wrote about Jewish themes, wrote about exile, being cut off from his ethnic background while uh, never quite fitting into an American life. Um, so, and then also like tonally, Reznikov is very dry. He's very like, he has a lot of like epic poems that are like very long, um, but he also has like these very short, brief, just stating like these bleak, sub like talking about these bleak subject matters in like little words as possible and just like stating it in a dry tone and the the beauty and like the tragicness like makes itself apparent with as few words as possible. So like Mitski is like a, the culmination of those two tones. Like she is both like, you know, uh, her ability to concisely and incisively state how young adults feel like young adults on the intersection feel while also being of the moment while also like referencing the Simpsons and having the silly sense of humor and like very Phoebe Bridgersy, like John, the John Mulaney reference in like one of the songs too. So that's like one of the themes. Like that's what. But what do you? What do you? What? Do you, how do y'all feel Wait, about that? Which Which song is that? That has a John Mulaney the reference. The tall child. You know the tall child. Like, oh, like oh. Uh, you know, you know, like. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I know. I look bit. like a tall child, and she, he's like, "Don't go around." Like, look at that tall child burning the candle on both ends. Like, that's like a John Mulaney joke. That's a reference to um, him needing to have a. Uh, What's it called? Intervention. Did you guys watch Baby J? I thought it was really good. I thought it was good too. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was too much. I don't know. Well, <laughs> it was. It was too much, and it was not enough. I wanted him to talk like about be for more, real, but obviously yeah. that's like, art, brother. <laughs> yeah, like, I, like I, I saw it and I thought it would be really good if there was just some like loud guitars during it and some screaming. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys? Think? I agree with you, Michael, completely. Yeah, I need more loud guitar. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love loud guitar. Oh my god! If you love loud guitar, these albums are for you. <laughs> I do really like loud guitar and screaming in my music. Like I listen to a lot of Alice Glass. Like when I'm in a bad place like that's exactly what i'm listening to so for me that did actually work yeah but the qualifier of being in a bad place i think is really important there so if i'm in a, a happy place a normal place a quiet place a sleepy place a fun place an active place any other place but a bad place i don't want to hear i don't want to hear like do, it yeah. do you know do you know what's good for any of those moods suddenly you know, I know exactly what's good it's a little achy in my life yes <laughs> that's right I like I think like um the other theme is just like um just like the the line uh in townie I'm not gonna be what my daddy wants me to be I'm gonna be what my body wants me to be so just like that's just like young adulthood. That's what being a young adult is like. And, you know, the it's just like that line. First of all, like the way that she writes is so precise, but you could turn it over and over and over again and go like, what does this mean? What, but what does this like mean and stuff like that? Like, who is the daddy in this scenario? Like, is it like her literal father? Like the first instance of male love she was shown? Is it? america is it racist patriarchy um and then what does actually what does my body actually want me to be like is it 
is my body trustworthy? Should I, is my body telling me to do this or my daddy's telling me to do this? Because if you have a, a daddy kind of implies it's the daddy's DNA is inside of you a little bit. So it's like, what it's, these are things you have to negotiate as a young adult. And like, especially as a survivor of trauma, it's like, like what if your body tells you to self-harm, self-destruct? What if your body wants love and affection, but has never seen a positive role model of that ever in your life? Um, and then it's just like, so it's just like a real negotiation. It's just like, you know, sometimes it's like men are doing this to her, making her feel this way. Sometimes it's like internalized self-hatred, like, you know, with like, I don't smoke, like I'm going to mold myself into this other person for you. And then sometimes it's capitalism or just like, you know, like if I don't do this, I don't eat, I don't get to eat food, <laughs> stuff like that. So I don't know. It's a, it's just like, um, and I don't want to like come across like I'm unwell, like right now, like just in my life right now, I'm actually doing pretty good in my life, but I just like, I think it's also just like, Oh man, I remember feeling like this. And I remember, having these feelings and it's good that there's a record that I could point people to. Like, I, I'm not going to say with any of my interpretations, I'm never going to say this is how Mitski feels. I'm going to say, this is how I feel. And Mitski's describing it to me, <laughs> you know, like the, her ability to like, I'm sorry, I'm going on this whole time, but like her ability, her ability to like people like say things like, you know, Oh man, these, these, um, these, songs are like diary entries and stuff like that. These are, these are like confessional things and stuff like that. But when you read someone's diary, it's usually bad. <laughs> it's usually like poorly written and stuff like that. Uh, it, it, if, and so it's like, there's that, there's like that raw like feeling, but it's also like the way she's able to trans like maintain the integrity of that feeling and craft it into a song without losing the, the intensity of how that felt. Like is so incredible. Yeah, and I and I think what you're describing is where I get lost is, uh, is is through this intensity. It's as if she's like expressing it for those who are feeling the way that that people may be feeling, and it can gravitate to the the sound, the lyrics, to the the, the mood that these albums create. It's awesome for those who aren't feeling that way but still want to connect and relate. I think what what happens is the 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 randomness or the recklessness that Harper random to. <laughs> so random <laughs> yes exactly it it just it just like that moment it loses the <laughs> it loses the person that's not part of it right like the person that's not into it that doesn't understand it completely but wants to be either an ally or a support network or just have a higher level of comprehension as to what people go through it, it it's mm. it there's a barrier there. Because I think, and she's putting it there. She's like, kind of just like, I'm gonna make this as alienating as possible, a little. Yeah, because I think she has trouble accepting love a little. Yeah, bit. and it pisses me off because I'm like, fuck, like, there's so much beauty in in the lyrics, and there's so much beauty in her voice, and there's so many moments of like fragility that allow me to actually feel human compassion, but these fucking guitar riffs just like. They, they kill me it's, it's really <laughs> tough it's really tough yeah well uh, i also not to tangent but um andrew was saying earlier that like mitski is in a lot of this music exploring and looking for like a role model right and what i would recommend is 
you know, Apple Apple TV Plus is not that expensive. You can watch Ted Lasso anytime. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's so nice. <laughs> He's so nice. It's like puberty three watching Ted Lasso right now. <laughs> So on that note, let's get into like highlights. <laughs> I feel like that's a well. Was that not useful to say? Is it good? Is it helpful? <laughs> you were sitting on that too. I know. Like, I, I was gonna say it Andrew while you were ta- talking. Andrew was talking. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ted Lasso, such a good show. My favorite. I have no problems with it whatsoever. So, Emruda, like, what's your what's a highlight song that you liked from this album? <laughs> um, I think First Love, Late Spring is the only one I. I knew prior to listening to the album and like it remains like at the top of this album for me. And I think it's definitely like sums up the themes of what I was getting from the album of like first love, like all consuming recklessness, but just it's really it's also nice to listen to. unlike some of the other things. It's so catchy. It's like, it's catchy while also like being a song where if your friend plays this too many times, like you're like, hey, you gotta like spend some time with them. You gotta make sure they're <laughs> everything <gotta> okay, go. <laughs> buddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do also love like she incorporates a Japanese line in there. And yeah. even though I've like I've been listening to this song for multiple years now, I never really bothered to look it up because like I feel like you can get what she's yeah. saying even if you don't know what she's actually saying and then i finally looked it up and it was something about like my heart is gonna beat right out of my chest something like that and yeah. it's like well i didn't actually need to know that because that's when i was feeling like she was saying that's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the one yeah i think this is one of the best mitsuki songs of all of her songs yeah i think it's, i think so like, it's just really percent. great yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Just before you jump in, I, it is it is the, the reason why I get fresh. I'm so frustrated today. And why why I'm frustrated with with this record <laughs> is because she gives you this, and any artist that can yeah. make this song, like, can make an album worth listening to. And maybe, <laughs> God damn. And maybe, and maybe, <laughs> no, I don't mean it that way. I just mean like like maybe I maybe know. like maybe that's the problem, right? Maybe I am searching for because I wrote, I wrote down like. Like perfection, like the the organ, the vocals, the lyrics, the guitar solo, like everything's a chef kiss on this album or this record, and and it, yeah, that's all. That's all I'll say. I hear what you're saying, a hundred percent. I think Stanley, it's very funny that when we started doing this podcast together, Andrew was worried that you and I would like be <laughs> on opposite ends of the fence. Whereas I think no, I every think, I think just that, like I maybe maybe like worried that like. But every single episode, sure, just we're like introducing yeah, new people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. Every yeah. single episode, I feel like we're both exactly on the same page almost all the time. Like, okay, but, like but here's yeah. a real stress test, Michael. What are your thoughts on Iggy Azalea? Hate. <laughs> <laughs> just yes! kidding. I love her. Oh, well, that was close. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I don't really want to say I love Iggy Azalea. That feels like that's, that's a complicated that's, statement. That's problematic in a certain way. I love bounce. Like I love the art, not the artist. Fair. She's that's made fair. some great that's songs. Fair. She's made some great songs. I, I'm not going to like deny that yeah. at all. I don't um, love her uh, choice of accent that she uses while singing. Fair. I don't love uh, her choice of dress that seems to be also appropriative in a certain way. Um, I do love that tie amongst freestyle. <laughs> That's really good. 
finish line with the fire monks. <laughs> Raptor pastor, motorbike pastor. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm watch um, that right now. See you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's 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 share it on screen. Let's okay, we should actually whoever's editing this episode, as we always do, audio cue, put in the rap right here. I think we just also like put it at the end of the episode too. Like, <laughs> like, you know, just like, a lot of times, like maybe every break too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, uh, first of all, just like you, you were saying, just the perfection of this, like her, this shows her skills as a compositionist. Like um, Patrick Highland is the producer of all these songs. Um, where I feel like this is very much like Billie Eilish and Phineas together. Like that's a band. Like that that like those records are like it's create. It's not just Billie Eilish. It's like Billie Eilish and Phineas make up the band Billie Eilish. So her ability to just like take her time with the first verse slowly doling out words like a peach tree like just like slowly patiently until it just like hits you with like that chorus that's so catchy and it's like describing this feeling of um like she spent her entire life like craving love and desiring human connection except that when she's shown it she can't handle it. And she's like, she feels like she either has to like suffocate or jump off of a ledge. Like it's so, and this like makes her like hate herself and feel like a freak and stuff like that. And it's like just a song about, to me about being forced to grow up too fast, having, um, and just like the, how thrilling, but also scary it is to have your well being in the hands of someone else. Like, I felt I felt that way for so long. Like if I don't have the approval or love of the certain person, that means my negative core beliefs are true, and I might as well like die and <laughs> stuff like that. It's like that's how it feels when you're young and like you're still trying to figure out stuff. And I'm I'm really happy I'm in, not in that place anymore. And I'm really happy that like it's it's I don't know it's still good. So yeah, I'm I'm able to enjoy this as a thing, just like as a piece of art, you know. Yeah, what you said about, like, needing approval from, like, that one specific other person, I think, leads to my second favorite track of the album, which is Francis Forever, which I think is also a certified banger. Um, But that's also about, like, I don't care about how the rest of the world sees me. It just, like, matters how what this one person thinks of me. Yeah, it's like she talks a lot about like love when she talks about love in these albums, she's not talking about literal love. She's talking about fixation and obsession and like, like not, you know, it's like, so it's like that line. Like I look up at the gaps of sunlight. I miss you more than anything. Just like that. You're trying to go on your little walk, your stupid little walks. You're trying to like make a healthy choice. You look at a tree and like, fuck i miss this person so much i don't know how to live like i don't know what to do with my hands i'm up at 3 a.m i'm like just oh it's so good like uh i think uh on a similar i think the theme of these three songs kind of in a row are pretty similar because the my favorite song in this album for sure is i don't smoke um the like uh concept of like yeah i'm like a, i'm a piece of shit like be mean to me like i think that's so like i totally understand that emotion i feel like i get like i am so desperate to have this like attention so desperate to have you in my life that i'll like remold myself to make this work like and it's not sustainable 
it's not gonna work out in the long run but i get like in the moment i think that's so like relatable and i i i like that song a lot i think that her like noisiness and uh like the grunge works on this song because it i don't know i know i was just saying that oh it's the theme of the song or whatever but it is the theme of the song like i'm bringing chaos into my own life by trying to keep you in it and not because of you but because of me so yeah i love how like extreme that song is it's like um you know it's 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 dangerous physically like it's a, a physically dangerous relationship for her yes and and it's all like worth it the line so she says this, um you uh now the rest of my days are just waiting for when you've calmed down and tell me i was meant for you so it's like all of that other stuff that's happening in that relationship is all worth it for that one time when he's gonna when they're gonna say i was meant for you you know it's it's so extreme like the the whole song is based on the fallacy that uh, his hands need a break more than trinkets in your room. That is that's such a curious line because trinkets aren't supposed to break. You're supposed to keep them on your little shelf and look at them and stuff like that. They're not supposed to break. You're not supposed to throw them or like damage them or any way. So it's just like she's also like I think this whole album like plays with like toxic femininity, like her accepting, like wanting to be a mother to these people. A little bit. I wish I was your mother, but like the whole like, uh, she, she. You know what? I was listening to someone. I was like, she's mother for that. <laughs> it, it's like so mother. ironic because people are like, you know, super fans are like, oh, she's mom god. She invented music, and so so like she by being famous, she kind of like put herself in this position again, which is why this is like, oh, um, uh, any other highlights? Uh, Harper, did you go did, do one? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah like, um, I well, I mean, other than First Love, Late Spring, which is maybe my favorite Mitski song ever. Um, the one that was new for me on this album that I hadn't heard before that I really liked was um, I Will because it's it's so I mean, it that one's really beautiful just as a song, but also the lyrics are so romantic. But then when you read what the deal is with the song, it's basically like all the things she wished someone would say to her in a relationship. Then there's that extra Mitski level of depression there, you know? So I, it's, it's just, it's so good. I like, it's, it's like romantic to the point of sounding like wedding vows, you know, like stay with me, hold my hand, you know, no need to be brave. I'll take good care of you. It's just all of these comforting things that you would want to hear in a relationship, which like in juxtaposition, juxtaposition with something like I don't smoke where you hear about like, you know, kind of a violent relationship, you know, it's, it's also, it's another extreme, right? It's the opposite end of a relationship. Like, this is like, kind of like, to me, it's like, having to resort to self-reliance and self-love instead of like this comes from this song like is written from a place of lack this is not like this is my fight song like this is not like that it's like it's really just when like we'll do kelly clarkson do kelly Oki is, of any of these songs also <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she did do like what of joji song which is like kind of the similar yeah, yeah, like yeah, vein yeah. of this so, yeah which is good. I thought she was good. She that was does good do song. some cool songs. I love Kelly. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I love I that when Kelly-Oki. they were like, her show is a toxic environment. All the reports were like, but yes. she doesn't know. <laughs> She's the best. Yeah. She's, she'd be pissed if she knew. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. All of the, the people on the staff were like, oh, no, 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 not Kelly. <laughs> Everyone on the staff was like, you know, this is the executive producer. Oh. Kelly is perfect. She's <laughs> yeah. a perfect angel. I, I was so surprised. I mean, I... 
I also feel that Kelly Clarkson is a perfect angel, and I was so glad to hear that. But it's, it's also like it's, it's not like it's like a Stanley Kubrick movie or whatever. <laughs> it's like just like she's just interviewing like Chance the Rapper or whatever. It's like you know. It's, and what know. did he say? I love uh, my yeah. wife. Probably. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so like, um, yeah. Uh, well, why'd you give me uh, such a tepid response, that Angel? That was funny. <laughs> what? Am I doing too many jokes right now? I told you at the beginning, I <laughs> am not feeling awesome <laughs> i was gonna say michael michael you're well right now michael's a highlight you know he's killing this episode with all of his humor so well done okay, thank you and then another for me another thank highlight you. is carry me out i really like i feel like throughout mm-hmm. the album there are song. so many tracks where she's trying to build up an experience and i feel like it never really clicked except on this song like the build really paid off i love how the chorus becomes larger. It's like almost like a choir with it. And like, yeah, I think it's a, it's an anthem type of song. And it felt to me like, like a really interesting dream sequence where like she's in this kind of space and it doesn't feel necessarily bad or good. It just is. And then it becomes more and more and more and more until it reaches like almost a false peak. And then it goes back to being like, kind of like that. Well, nothing's really happening in sequence. So uh, I don't know. I, I really enjoy that song. And, and the more we, we're talking about this album, I, I'm I'm enjoying the album more. So let's keep let's yeah. keep talking about it. Yeah, because I'm so smart <laughs> and stuff. Like, <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, I like in um and carry me out. Like it's like the the imagery is like really vivid in that song. So it starts with uh, there's she's like on a plastic chair on a rooftop, and I feel like there's something so specific about that image and that feeling. You know, like you and it's nighttime, and so then she's uh, uh one of the, some of the lines are like hear it in the stars, and so you can really feel that like nighttime. I don't know that one felt very tangible to me. That song. I I, I think this is a ten out of ten album. First of all, just like to spoil it, but like the carry me out is i think my interpretation of it is she's on that same ledge she was on in first love late spring she was on she's on she's revisiting that space that mental space or maybe even that physical space i just like i remember the last time i was on this ledge i wanted to die but now i'm sitting here on my plastic chair just being one with the night like being one letting myself be small and looking at the universe and it's like it's also like up to the audience of just like is this a contented moment or is this like she's going to jump like in, in the song, like in the art piece or whatever. So, yeah. Okay. So uh, any other, let, let's go through low lights. Cause we are like, I'll say my last piece in the straight observations, but like um, low lights. What's Downy. a low <gasps> Yes. What? Yes. Wow. Yes. Sounds bad. <laughs> too loud. Yeah. No, uh, I like loud. it. You gotta like lower the volume. Dis- disruptive, <laughs> like- especially after Texas Resnikov. And right before First Love Late Spring, uh, I don't understand why you have to like have it has all those like wee wee that like guitars have too, which I hate when that's kept in albums. I it sounds bad. It's like it's like, you know, when you're at a concert and the, like someone like stands in front of the speaker so then you get the feedback, you know? And then they like are like, what's happening? How's like how do I fix the feedback? <laughs> I want to leave whenever that happens anywhere. Michael, can I just say I I hundred percent agree with everything you're saying, everything you're saying. Really? Yes, I like truly. I wrote there my my notes. I, I wrote meh. Sounds like a high school band playing in a lead singer's garage. Yes, yes. It's like it's like a song that Jamie Lee Curtis would play in Freaky Friday. <laughs> like, yes. <Wow. laughs> 
so uh, good. That's not a good part like, of That's great. <laughs> that sounds good. There's a reason Jamie Lee Curtis just won an Oscar, I'll say. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, in a, a Asian American people, API month, uh, awesome that Jamie Lee Curtis won that award uh, <laughs> instead of Stephanie Hsu. <laughs> So cool. <laughs> yeah, just don't put that. In that's, that's a joke for us. <laughs> I I like with Towny. I'm like, because Stanley, you were talking about on a different episode, like, um, with their late register. Like we did the the yay like tier list episode, and you were talking about how in late registration, he lets the sp- like he lets the music mm-hmm. breathe and stuff like that, and like the music plays and it changes the tone of the song, it, like. I think it's like it allows for dynamism. It's like so resourceful, like because I think she talked about like college. She had all these resources and now she doesn't have any resources. And now she has to rely on the dynamism of the instruments and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, if, if you were going to someone's kitchen while they're making a meal and it's like, yeah, sure. The result might look tremendous, but this process this cooking process that I'm seeing right now is hectic, chaotic, disgusting. What are your ingredients you're using? I don't like it at all. But but I will say, wait, you're you're right though. There's like this little sound at the end of that record that like saves that that song because then it and then it transitions and it's like it's nice. But but throughout it, throughout the track, I'm sorry, it's it's just a pointless record. Yeah, I don't like it either. I also feel. Uh, suddenly to your like analogy i feel like it's like you have to sit in and watch the messy kitchen and then you have to help clean it up before you can yes, eat the food yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that's what it's the most like i i just i don't want to have to do the heavy lifting when it's like not uh in relevance to like the context of the song i feel like if the heavy lifting is like imagine if like the screeches weren't in this album like that's bad to me uh, Amruta, do you have a low light song? Like, um, Jobless Monday, probably. I just like, I don't know. I don't care about it. Doesn't make me feel anything. I like, um, I like that song in terms of just like you could. She's like said in an interview, like one of my secrets to like my songwriting is a lot of these songs are about music. A lot of these songs may, might not literally be, be about a guy. It's like it might be about like my my relationship to music. And just like some of it is like, like uh, taking advantage of me and stuff like that. And like I give and give and give, it doesn't give back and stuff. Um, so I like jobless money and drunk walk home in terms of just like the lens of capitalism. But yeah, I, I feel the same way of just like, oh, this connects with yeah, me a little bit less. Yeah, I get it as like record, artistic so. expression yeah. when you like sit down and analyze it. But I, you know, I'm not. I don't do that outside of this context. So just like, just listening to it, I'm like. Eh, not for me. Hey, mine is also Jobless Monday. I wrote kind of boring in my notes on that one. Yeah, it just doesn't like give a lot. Employed hive rise up. <laughs> okay. So, like, any em- employed any anistas of- in the chat right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> any any uh, stray observations? Anything about this record that you want to get out before we move on to the the uh, ratings? I do think Last Words of a Shooting Star is an interesting song, like as a concept, you know, about someone who's dying in a plane accident and all of their last thoughts being kind of um, self-conscious and disorganized. I don't know. I kind of liked that. I I wrote on my notes, like when Misky has the chance to shine, the record shines with her. And I think on that on that track at the end there, like it 
she has space. Like it's like so. I, I was just playing tennis. This is why I was late for the episode. I was playing tennis at my tennis club. Um, that's just, that's a humble brag. So I was playing. Oh, awesome! We mattered. We mattered to you. That's cool. Well, no, but then it is, it is, <laughs> we play tennis at the tennis club. Tennis club things happen. Um, anyway, we wouldn't know. Um, we're not at the what, tennis what club. What is that? Whoa! What's happening there, at the tennis are, are club? Like Fight say Club. Let's just say. Let's just say. <laughs> let's just say Iggy bounce. Okay. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so um, but but yeah. So what I'm saying is is that that's where time time. So when you're playing tennis or when you're doing anything, when you have time, it gives you space to actually do something productive. And I think like when Mitski either gives herself or is allowed time to utilize her vocals or to, you know, really highlight her songwriting, the, the record really, really shines. Like it's a beautiful record. It's, it's like the lack of time I feel for me is when it becomes like very high school garage. I like I like the one of the jokes I wrote for this episode is like a lot of these songs are like sex with men length <laughs> like they're like uh, just like three minutes and like oh, get out get out of here um, huh. but like uh, so you were so you've been allegedly, to a tennis club allegedly, allegedly, I get it allegedly. yeah I get it, I get it. <laughs> yeah sorry for y'all straight people you be safe out I there I, I guess I feel grateful <laughs> that I could not compare any of these songs to sex with straight men <laughs> I, I don't think this is a sad. I don't think this is actually that sad of a song. Like because the meta narrative is she actually lives and like you know goes on with her life and stuff. But this is just like a thought. This is just like a. This is just what went through her head a little bit. Just like taking stock of her disappointing music career, the nights of depression, lovers who couldn't make her feel loved or connected with, and the wariness of keeping up appearances, and then just like letting that go is like just like probably a fantasy a lot of like depressed people have of just like not like doing it to yourself but just something like that happens that you don't plan or think about it also has a lot of strong parallels to a burning hell which is the last song on puberty too so now i'm curious about like are all of the last songs of all of her albums like these goodbye songs or like conclusion sort of songs which i i really like the fact that both of those songs like do feel like conclusions to an album which i don't think i get with most artists all right so let's go through final thoughts and ratings of this one uh the way this works is we'll rate this out of 10 with a fun metric at the end uh amruda what's your rating on, on this one i give this seven and a half bodies falling from a balcony um, I mean, I like there's a lot of stuff that I really Any, like, further love on, that, on like... here and a lot of stuff that's just like mm. not a lot, like just like a good chunk of stuff that's just very mid for me. Uh, I'm OK about this album. I uh, found it to be very difficult to listen to, um, although I liked it more than the next album we're going to talk about. So uh, all that be all that being said, I think I will give this album uh, six Jamie Lee Curtis Activia commercials out of ten. Um, so I think the reason why this podcast exists is to allow people to listen to music and then have a conversation about the music they're listening to and have a newfound either appreciation or devaluation of the record that they like just listened to. And for me, like having this conversation really helped to change my rating. Like I, I came into this, this, 
uh, episode thinking I'm just going to not enjoy talking about this at all. But through our conversation, I've actually grown to to like it more. And I think I, I think I, I get it more. I can tolerate the stuff I don't like uh, more because the stuff I do love, like we've all talked about how great that is. So I'm going to give it what was going to be a five. I'm now going to give it seven. Wow. Yeah, yes. Seven guitar riffs too many out of 10. <laughs> I um I really like this album. Uh I do I I I did have some some, you know, kind of mid songs I would agree like Jobless Monday, but um overall I liked it and also yeah, Michael like in comparison to Puberty 2, this was this one was much better to me. So, um I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 uh trinkets uh that were broken. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love this record so much. It's certainly like there's some lull periods in there. Like there's there songs where I'm like, oh, it's not as good as that that high. But the highs are so high. Um, it really spe- it really spoke to me as like a young adult. It really spoke to like how tr- dramatic everything felt, how life and death, every relationship, every interaction, every failure felt to me. Um so for that, like, and just like to to use it as a means of like, one, when I'm going through something like this, I can have a reference point and I have solidarity. And like, uh, I listened to like First Love Late Spring like a lot last week because I was like going through stuff, you know, and but also just like, oh, wow, like as a reference of like how far I've come as a person of just like. I, I like myself and I love myself so much more. And uh, this is just like a, it's so it's like really positive. Like I, I'm like so grateful that this exists and I'm, I wish I had this when I was go, like younger and stuff like, I wish I like was able to decipher through it. So it's also just rewarding to be able to decipher it. Like uh, it's like maybe just like growing up and like having the experience, the song, the, the songs like not connect with me. Cause I didn't go through what the song was about and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 um, trucks that hit Millhouse. So like, so uh, we'll get to the re- next record right at this break. Click. <laughs> <laughs> 